Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rival and Queen podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. And we're so happy to it's be Thursday. here with you. I know. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you. We love you. Thanks for coming back and joining us for yet another riveting, amazing, riveting, riveting amazing episode <laughs> on this Thursday. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm so happy, although I will say we just had two big slices of treats of pizza. In honor of Mark's birthday. In honor of Mark's birthday. And and We're I think two it. was too many. I think I should have stuck with one. <laughs> we are getting all the summer vibes. We're looking out at the Halifax Harbor. It is sunny. It is cold today, but it's sunny. But in our mind, we're... It, There's no snow left. The studio is very warm right now, so we're in tank tops, or I'm in a tank top. But I'm warm. So we, we feel... We had ice cream cake. Yeah. So I don't know. We, we had our first patio night the other day. <gasps> and it was so good. Yeah. It was still chilly. The wind was cold, but we were up there... Yeah. Summer was it, spring, we should say, is on the horizon next week. I can't wait for the. Oh, did you know that one of the things I planned for this year was to celebrate all the equinoxes as a way to bring more celebration to life? You, I thought it was full moon. And full moon. Okay. What all is an equinox them. then? Oh, it's when you. The switch of seasons. So there's oh, equinox yes, yes, and yes, solstices. Yes, yes. Okay. That because like that's right. Rebecca did say. Okay, spoiler. We've got Rebecca Muir. Muir. Ooh. Ooh. And she's the, the creator of Sacred Starlight, and she is an astrologist and a professional singer, so many things. Yeah, she does a lot of things. She's also an energy healer, and she does Reiki as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. So she was on And with she's us from, today. she's lived in, is she from Halifax? She, she is a Haligonian, born, she's, raised, but she has since been traveled, spreading her wings. And she was in LA for a long period of time, and she's just temporarily in Ottawa right now. Oh, so good. But she did talk about, yeah, the um, spring equinoxes equinox. upon us. I can't talk today. <laughs> I don't know what's And happening. we're feeling the spring vibes. Our moods are up. Our excitement's up. I had two margaritas last night. The time has changed last week. We're, we're good. We are good and we are ready. Um, and today we're going to learn all about astrology, which is so, which is exciting mm-hmm. because I don't know if you were, but I was a skeptic. I think you were like a little not sure. I always liked it from afar. I mm. never, so a lot of people I find in my life more and more have been bringing up signs or you're this way because you're this sign or these people get along because these signs are compatible. And I always hear people talk like that. And I have no idea what any of it means. Like wow. I have no idea because there is so much to learn. It's there, a lot. There's so much in astro- in astrology. And like, so today we are totally just scratching the surface, but I'll say that Rebecca has converted me from a skeptic to being curious about astrology enough to like watch it. And this is like one of the big messages that I think came through this episode. She's like, prove it to yourself over time. Like watch how it relates to your life and your energy and see if you notice a change. And I know when we talked to her originally on the phone, I thought this was so cool. She said that, you know, she can't deny that she sees a correlation between what's happening in the sky and what's happening on earth. Mm-hmm. And that was like something that's just very real for her. Uh, so I thought that was cool. Yeah. And Sarah and I both did separately our own readings um, with Rebecca after Kayla Short had told us how spectacular she was and how um, she thought, especially for Sarah, Kayla did that. It could kind of change her perception and understanding of what astrology meant. And I think that she definitely did do that. Because she achieved she, that. And she's such a wealth. I mean, this is a lot to know. And she states that she's still learning and, uh, and, and of course, like she teaches, but you always are still learning in any type totally. of profession. But she educated us 
in what was your session? Mine was around two hours. My mine was like ninety minutes. Yeah, and, and like you said, it, there's still so much to learn even for ourselves. But she's a wealth of knowledge, and um, it was a great, great experience. It was a great introduction to astrology in a way that's very specific to you. So we got each got like our natal and transit reading um, from Rebecca, which was. And all she needs is is to get your time of birth, your location, and then of course like the year and, and the your, month, birthday. your birthday. Um, but it's interesting how you come into the world, I guess, and there's all these energies that are affected by, or you're affected by, sorry, by the way in the positions of the sun, the moon, the planets, and they all hold energy. That gets encapsulated in you. In, in us. <laughs> I know it sounds so crazy, but it really did resonate for me when I did my reading, and I thought it was very interesting. What were some of the big things that came up for you? Because we talked in the last all talk about mine a little bit, but how about yours? Well, really, kind of in short, she said that this was going to be a good year for me, which was nice, and that kind of to keep doing what I'm doing, career-wise, and uh, in my personal life, things like that, that Things and this is what's really good about the positive spin she puts on. It's like th- things start to click and and you just have to kind of like keep pushing forward and doing what you're doing and things mm-hmm. are going to start. Um, you're, you'll see kind of the I don't want to say like the success, but you'll see the the light from from all the other things. I don't know how to explain it. No, no. But she said I was a good keep... communicator. Yeah, career was important. Um, home was important. That I had good partners partnership relationships and that didn't necessarily have to mean um not only in my marriage but it could be yes our our partnership me and you yeah or like work related things like that that you you have really strong foundations for partnerships with people and then those things are going to be really great this year so oh to good partnerships damn that feels nice and i almost it was a lot to take in not in a bad way but just like a lot of information that now i need to reflect more on it and go back um and kind of read read it over because she does give you i we did talk about this but she does give you a beautiful um pdf explainer and breaks things down after so you can kind of reference uh, dates or certain aspects that you might want to dig into further Oh, I like that. And we had some overlap, which is good, Sarah. Yeah, ours was very similar. Publishing was important for you as well. Mm, traveling. So, ooh, hopefully together. together. Yeah, oh. that's what we're thinking. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, for everyone listening, we do dive into what astrology is. Um, Rebecca is a big advocate for proving it to yourself. So if you are skeptical, like that's totally okay. But mm. just start to pay attention to the moons is what she recommended. And just notice if you feel different at a full moon or a new moon. Um, we also really talk about the common misconceptions or reasons like you might feel skeptical because like I was in that boat. So it was nice to kind of talk, have her mm. explain those things th- for us. And the biggest shift for me is that there's light and dark and kind of every piece of information you get through astrology so it's not to say like you can work with that information what does she call that again i forget well i don't know i mean it's like a spectrum of how things can manifest Mm -hmm. um so energy so it's not because i always had this fear of like uh what if they tell me something bad like and then i'm stuck with it Mm -hmm. and so she's been really good at helping me understand that like that's not really how it works like you can work with this information to have it express in the positive or in like a really good way so I that was like a big a big piece that we talked about in this episode but other misconceptions and skepticism so it's nice to kind of go through those and then we also talk about really how you can start working with astrology in your life and using it as a tool 
Mm-hmm. And towards the end, we kind of talked. Um, I think it's when we were playing Westy or Queenie Grams. Whoa, we rebranded. Whoa. It's Queenie Grams. But she was talking about the your state, your feeling of state, and how that's mirrored back to you of that energy. Like if you're feeling really good in your yes. energy, then that's going to be reflected. So I think that's kind of even what you're saying. It's like you can put the positive spin um, on on everything. I love that. And if you do want to just get into it, um, this is a hot tip that comes at the end of the episode. Rebecca will share it in more details, but she said just to look up your zodiac sign and the keywords around it and just start to see if, if you recognize some of those keywords in your, in your personality and how you express yourself in the world. And if you don't, she explains why you might not. And all, yeah, you're not necessarily just one sign based on your, your, you know, where you fall into that, um, Zodiac sign. Unless you're like me, who yeah, is in and, fact and just one sign. And yeah. Rebecca. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm I'm two and I actually resonate. So this is coming back to me now. Um, but part it's of the Virgo, I'll just say it quickly, um, that I do have um, a lot of Virgo traits as well. But I am very, um, what's the word, like regimented in certain things too. And I like things to be very particular about how. And, and uh, that's kind of the, um, the Virgo part of me as well. So Virgo it's interesting essence. how we... We have many different planets that affect us and different signs. And play a role. So They do play a role. We hope you enjoy this episode. We hope you learn more about astrology. If you are skeptical, hopefully it'll just, you know, unveil something. Open your mind. Yeah. And if you are so into this and want to connect with Rebecca, you can on Instagram at sacred underscore starlight. Or you can go to her website, sacredstarlight.com, and you can book your own astrology reading with her if you're into that. We love this. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. All right, Ash. And don't forget, if you're enjoying this episode and all episodes, please leave us a review. We love that. Really helps us. Subscribe if you're watching. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell one friend. Share this episode with one friend. Okay. All right. Let's (laughs) dive in. Let's do it. happy to welcome you Rebecca here with us and I was just saying to Sarah the stars have aligned that we're all here and we've got you on the podcast so welcome thank you so much for having me we are so stoked as Ashley said the stars have totally aligned because a few weeks ago Kayla Short recommended you to us as an astrologer she's done some work with and as you know I was a little skeptical of astrology so I was super stoked to have a session with you and you totally changed my mind and then so much so that I told Ashley and she she's actually had a session with you as well which I haven't heard that much about so hopefully some of that will come out on this on this episode yeah awesome I'm so glad to be connected with you both and I totally understand the skeptical piece as well, which um, we can talk about if you want. Um, yeah, totally. We I think we have to. We're going to get into it and and uh, yeah, explore some of the hesitations around astrology, maybe. Of course, of course. I think a yeah. lot of people just maybe it's because they don't understand it. So they just kind of aren't sure where the information is coming from or what it means or how to take translate it into their their daily lives because like Sarah said she hates daily horoscopes so much because they just kind of I don't know how do they make you feel just they don't align with just useless like useless. not helpful okay. 
or like wild, wildly off track. Yeah, I think they just don't seem to fit and they're not something that I resonate with, I think would be the, the, the nice way to say it. But you've said that's, that's kind of normal sometimes, right, Rebecca? It definitely is. I generally don't resonate very much with horoscopes as either. I mean, they started as entertainment when there was like a resurgence of interest in astrology. You know, I wish I, I should have researched this because I remember listening to a podcast about it recently. So for anyone that's listening to this, if you're um, an astrology person or you're not, there is another podcast called the Astrology Podcast that has a lot of information on astrology and their researchers. But um, essentially they did, um, an episode recently where they talked about how to talk to non-astrologers about astrology. And they were telling all about the history of how it kind of, there was a resurgence of it in public interest. And it became something that people were like adding to magazines, you know, to kind of help sell issues. And so it's not that there's nothing accurate. Like, it's not that it's just totally fabricated in a horoscope, but it's so, general, like too general. I mean, it gives people the sort of not the correct idea about what astrology even really is. If you're actually practicing astrology, right. Um, a, a sun sign, it's a sun sign column. So for example, Sarah, um, I know that you're a cancer sun. Yes. Um, so they, that's all they know. That's it. Right. And so they're just kind of relating the transits of the other planets in the sky now sort of, which means how all the, the transits just means how the planets are moving in the sky. So they're relating all of that back to like the mathematical relationship those planets have to the sun. Um, so it's like, uh, or to the, to this, the person with the sun in cancer where those planets would be transiting in relationship. So it's very vague and very general. And it doesn't mean that there's no sort of weather forecast information that could potentially be useful there, but they're written for entertainment purposes a lot of the time mm. too. So I feel like, you know, and I know some great astrologers, like really great astrologers who do write, um, columns, sun sign columns, but they sort of have to, we're working with general themes. So they sort of wind up having to kind of imagine what somebody's life might be like and what might happen. Um, so that's, that's truthfully not really what astrology is. Um, if in my, in my humble opinion, no, I think that's so great <laughs> to start there because it, it is like, I think that's what you think of when you think of astrology as horoscopes. And it's nice mm -hmm. to know that that really isn't the whole piece. It's just, like you said, a small portion of it taken kind of in a vague manner. Well, and even when I think about my chart and Sarah's is probably, you know, you're, there's lines and degrees and symbols that the a regular person can, can't decipher what any of it means. But now this is clicking for me that the position of the sun and that's only like one piece of the whole year, I guess, or each month. I don't even know if I'm explaining it right. But that's just like one little piece. Of information. Yeah. About you. Because you don't realize, and probably the average person doesn't, that there's so many pieces to kind of your, I don't know, your story. What do you call it? Your, your yes. chart? Yes. And I think of it as an imprint. So it's a Ooh. really big conversation to try to pack into like a short, you know, podcast school totally. our best. But it is, um, we're looking at every single planet and I'm sure that there's stuff we don't know about. Like, uh, you know, ancient astrologers didn't know about Pluto, Neptune, Uranus. The more we observe those, like, there's the, the impact or the, it's like a weather forecast. We're dealing with energy. 
Right. So I think we talked before that um, when we met about the podcast before that we wanted to talk about the fact that it was like a language of energy, mm-hmm. astrology being a language of energy. And I think there are a lot of different languages of energy. So um, just so anyone listening now can kind of reference how I approach astrology, I see everything being energy, everything being an extension of divine consciousness. This is a huge conversation. Um, and so astrology is just like one way to sort of read energy systems. It's like a weather forecast, right? And so you can see the sun, you have all these other planets and they're in different places in the, in the sky. And then they're also making specific angles to each other. (laughs) So those are other layers. Um, and there, there's actually, there's so many layers. It, it gets quite, it can be quite heady, but for example, um, the, the exact minute that you're born and the exact location that you're born on the face of the planet, um, has a lot to say about the chart that's cast for, for your birth, for your birth chart. So, um, like my mom, for example, we know her birth time is 7 PM on March 7th, 1953. And I'm like, is that a rounded birth time? Like, did they, it was it kind of seven ish and they just wrote seven down and it really matters because she's right at the cusp of like when, like a, two minutes later, she would be a different rising sign, which would really dramatically change her chart. Right. So, um, so it's really like, it's pretty heady. It's pretty, um, mathematical. It's also pretty mystical. There's definitely a mystical component that I can't completely explain, but that I feel is happening. Mm-hmm. So I do the best I can to kind of explain it all. Um, and then also admit like where there are things I can't explain. Totally. Uh, and rest in the mystery. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause it's, so it, it sounds like astrology is really, like you said, a language of energy that can show us some insight into our unique life on this earth or what's happening for us on earth. Is that kind of fair to say in a nutshell? I know it's so big, but yes, yes, I think so. Absolutely. And I think, um, I, I don't think that personally, because I have a whole other spiritual practice as well, where I'm connected to something greater that I call the force. You can use the word God or the universe or whatever, higher self, whatever. Um, I think that people don't need astrology mm-hmm. to live a great life and to connect with that. So it's not something that I ever push on people, but it really has helped me a lot. And it really resonates with me as a tool for self-understanding and for understanding some of the forces that are at work in my life, uh, both like blessings and then also like growing pains, <laughs> you know, things that might be happening that are challenging, but that, and so it's like, how do I work with this energy? And so I find astrology to be a tool of insight for me. That's been so powerful and not just, um, in, unlocking, you know, my own self-understanding or trying to figure out what to do or how to time things, but also in like trusting that something greater is happening, Mm. that there is some sort of symmetry or movement. I'm like, I see the math lining up. I see the themes. These themes are unfolding. Oh my God. Like there's something bigger going on. It helps me feel like I'm held in something greater, which I find personally very comforting. But I know people get can can be nervous about feeling limited by those themes as well. So I was going to say that might be the thing you wanted to talk about, right? Mm. Yeah, that <laughs> was my um, fear. So yeah, it was so funny. When I booked this astrology session, I kind of didn't give it any thought. 
and, you know, went off Kayla's recommendation because I'm pretty open to try anything. And as I said, I had never jived at all with astrology, but she recommended you so highly that I was like, okay, if anyone is going to be able to, you know, convince me there's something here, it sounds like it's going to be Rebecca. But what, what I realized is like the day it came to our session about two hours before I was like starting to feel nervous and I was like oh my goodness like what if she tells me something I don't want to hear like something terrible and then this is like it's just this omen that I have no control over and I think that was always my disconnect with astrology was that it seemed like here's some information about a bunch of stuff you can't control and now Mercury's in retrograde and your life's just going to be shitty for the next two months or like everything's going to be and like stuff like that I find infuriating because I don't believe that for or like I don't like to believe that that I have no control over that you're like at the mercy of something else and that I I can't change things um yeah so that has been my struggle with it but for the record your style and the reading that we both had was so positive and like very accurate I felt it resonated with who I am and I didn't feel like it was um there was no negative context to it at all that I felt like oh and in this month next year you know this day that anything bad was going to happen I'm more excited to see things unfold because it was so positive I mean what would be the point of of giving any sort of negative reading either because um I also hate that stuff like I really uh I'm there's a whole other element to what I do that's sort of more quantum and energy work so Mm -hmm. I do a lot of energy work a lot of meditation a lot of like I mess with the divine like pretty hard (laughs) right so um yeah and and you know I mean I spent time at Buddhist retreat centers and like everything right so there's a lot else going on and so this is just it's like a weather forecast um i brilliantly heard somebody whose name I can't remember anymore describe it before as it's showing the conditions but not the outcome so whoever it was that said that I I liked that a lot but I'm glad that you both felt that it was um, at least the experience with me was positive and like supportive rather than anything that was going to contain or limit you because I actually have issues with tarot for that reason which is another tool like I do read tarot but you know, and some people don't find it that way, but I, I have the same issues come up around that. And mm-hmm. I think the difference for me um, with tarot is that you can always kind of shuffle, reshuffle the deck and pull new cards. Although often like the joke will be that the same cards keep getting pulled. But um, I don't like the feeling that it, it doesn't show me as much about timing, I think. Mm-hmm. And at least with astrology, if I see a challenging transit coming, um, there's a couple of reasons that it doesn't bother me as much, um, or feel as limiting because that will pass. First of all, mm-hmm. um, even something that's baked into the, the birth chart, for example, right? Like I have some pretty harsh aspects in my birth chart. Every chart has easy aspects and hard aspects. Every single chart, there is no perfect chart, right? Um, so even something that's say baked into your natal chart, that might be a challenge, that is something that's going to give you its juice, its life force. It's going to move you forward. It's something that's going to help develop you as a, as a human being. So it doesn't have to be something that you're like, oh, this means I'm always cursed or I'm always, you know, some of the most successful people in the world have real, like, um, 
juicy aspects in their natal charts, uh, planets in detriment, you know, things like that. What they've been able to do with this energy is like nothing short of life changing for the world, like inspiring so many wonderful, positive things can come out of, out of hard aspects, right? They just force us to grow and get out of our comfort zone. And so this isn't trying to sugarcoat to say that like life doesn't have really difficult, challenging things. Um, but for me also, I started to study astrology very seriously in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied with a woman named Rebecca Gordon who has a school. She's wonderful. Check it out. Um, Rebecca Gordon astrology. She used to write columns for Harper's Bazaar. Um, but Basically, when I started to study with her and I started to learn about aspects and transits and things like that, I had just gone through a really hard time in my life, like a total cosmic, I don't know if I can say ass kicking on this podcast. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. (laughs) Um, And when I saw that, I was like, oh, Pluto was squaring my sun and Uranus was on top of my sun. And like, I was just like, oh, it made me feel not crazy. Hmm. I was like, oh my God, like this is like, this is just a really, really intense transformational time. Like there's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, it it actually was very validating for me and very healing for me that I could see that there was sort of like this, this energy at work that was, it was alchemy. It was performing alchemy on me. And so, yeah, for me that, that, that actually felt like more, I guess, comforting than like anything else. And I've looked back and lined up a lot of the like really difficult times in my life with um, certain transits that have been challenging, but have also like made me such a better, stronger, freer human being on the other side of it. So, you know, um, yeah, that's fair. Like, but Because I think if I had booked a session with you last year and we talked about this, like you were like, how was your last year? It looks like it was very challenging. And I think had I known going into 2020 and it was outside of COVID because I had so much personal change uh, and I'm still going through it. But as we talked about, it's really coming to an end now um, and that things are moving forward in a new way for me, which is cool. But I don't know that if I in January 2020 had talked to you. I like honestly, and you but were like might have the been next reassuring. thirteen months are gonna be like. I would never say that. <laughs> first of all, I would actually never know how that was gonna. First of all, you cannot know how a transit will play out for somebody. Okay. So what I see are the themes, right? I'm like, this planet is this energy. This right. planet is this energy. How are those coming together? What aspect are they making? Sometimes they might be playing nicely together, high fiving each other. Sometimes they might be like one of them elbow and the other one's rib. Right. So it's just, um, rough edges getting sanded down, things like that. Um, but for example, 2020, so I would never be like, this is going to be a crappy year for you. Like never would I ever say that. (laughs) I know you wouldn't because you're wonderful. How would I even, how would I even know that? But you know, for 2020, we did see some really intense, it's the astrology for 2020. We knew before COVID hit and before all of the the difficulty that's come up in 2020, every astrologer was like, holy cow, like what's going to happen this year? Because these two huge planets that move very slowly came together in the sky and then a third one that moved slow came and got in on top of it. It was like a whole pile up in Capricorn and it was just so intense. And I was like, what is going to, this is major. Like, what is this going to be? And so 
last year, totally up. I had a total upheaval mm-hmm. in my life and it helped me to understand the whole time, you know, and with this Mars retrograde and all this other stuff that happened, I was like, it wasn't like I'm screwed. It wasn't that energy. It was more like, there's something major going on now. And, uh, soon enough will be the time to move forward. And it allows me to trust rather than just feeling like totally, you know, so, and anything can happen still, right? You still, I think astrology is not everything. And so in terms of like seeing that transit coming and like being anxious about it, like, I guess I can understand that. But I think when you have a relationship with astrology, or if you're working with a supportive astrologer that's got a positive outlook and wants to empower you around those transits, like I might have been like, oh, you're going to have, um, you know, Mars will be retrograde in your career sector for X amount of time. This is just like an energy that's moving backward, asking you to reassess before you cool. jump forward, asking you to reevaluate to maybe we, we might think we're going to barrel forward but there's stuff that we can't see. And that retrograde is like divine intervention is how I see it almost being like, Hey, you drop something back there or Hey, um, it's not quite time yet. Something else needs to unfold. And so I like always kind of see things as really positive, even when they're more challenging transits, if that makes sense. And so I might've just explained that to you if it were coming up as there's just this period of time where, um, there might be further integration that needs Mm -hmm. to happen in this area of your life. Um, while you're refining your vision and figuring out really what you want, um, and don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You can still have everything you want. You can still do everything you want, but if things don't move forward as quickly or as easily during this four month period of time, don't worry about it. Just know that it's like all happening for, you know, reason and it's all a part of the divine order and, and actually good things are happening. Like things that, um, things are unfolding and alchemizing and shifting that needs to, in order to get you where you really want Mm. to be. So just to, so that you can Mm. be more connected to a space of trust through that. Whereas if you don't know those transits are happening, a lot of the time people just feel like they're banging their head against their wall. They're like, why is nothing moving? They're like, I'm trying to do this, you know, and so they get a lot of validation that way and are able to work with the energy and be like, this is a time for me to be asking more questions and going within. And ultimately, they can really move forward in such a more powerful way and like get where they want to be through those processes. I like that. Oh, I love that, too. I'm feeling like soothed right now. And like Mm. just to to bring this home as as well, like even in, in in one of the things you told me about love in my chart, which was so interesting, uh, was that it's something about Neptune. I think it was Neptune or something was in somewhere important. So they're like, you explained to me that there could be like a lot of deception. <laughs> with like, well, but no, no, I, but I'm not upset about it because when we talked about it, I was like, that sounds terrible. And you're like, but it's not that you're going to experience that. It's like, there's this range from like totally enamored to like, it could, you could feel like deception. And it's, it's more about how you are interacting with other people and the energy you're bringing into those relationships, kind of where you land on that spectrum. Right. Definitely. So yes, like all of the planets, if we know what archetypes are, um, do you guys, should I break down what an archetype is? An archetype is is a pattern of energy, right? Um, 
a pattern of consciousness. Now that sounds so like, what even is that? So let's give some examples. Like boss babe is an archetype. Um, computer geek is an archetype. Okay. Femme fatale is an archetype. Jock, dumb blonde. Those are all archetypes, right? So planets are archetypes as well. Neptune is an archetype. And all archetypes are inherently neutral. I mean, some of them have more positive connotations than others. But if you think about it, all of these energies can be worked in the light in a good way. Or if you're not doing them very consciously, they, there can be other ways they play it. So Neptune is the higher realm. It's everything that's beyond the physical. It's everything that's beyond form. And so it represents God and spirit and art and romance and compassion and oneness and creativity and like all the things those that are in the dope. feels. Mm-hmm. They are so dope. What would you not want? You would <laughs> I want, want all, all of, of those things. <laughs> you would want all of those things in your relationship too, right? So because you have Neptune very closely conjunct the descendant, which is the the most hot spot for for partner um, in the chart. So the only thing is, of course, if you're so lost in the mist, you might not be paying attention to certain things, right? Um, like some Neptunian energy, if it's not being expressed in a healthy way, can be people getting drunk all the time, trying to access the higher realms that way, right? Instead of being in meditation, they might be like a drug addict or they might be really um, just lost, um, escapism is a big Mm. thing. Um, And sometimes, you know, rose colored glasses, not wanting to see the truth, right? Um, That rosy. So it's like, it doesn't mean that you'll have a negative experience of that archetype, right? But it's like, here's an energy that's active in your, that's activated in your chart. And what are the potentials for how that energy can unfold? And then if you know the Every energy has a way that you can work it in the light and a way that it can maybe be expressed unhealthily. So if you know that, you have a lot better, um, I guess, chance of having a really healthy relationship and expression and working that in your life in a healthy way. And I was so happy to have that conversation with you because when, if that, if I had ever found that out without you giving me that context and talking me through it, it would have seemed like, dear God, this is not good. (laughs) But... But even just like, and and now you're saying that, and as we talked about this, when we had our session together, you can work with things in the light of it and see like the positives in it. And so it was just, I really appreciated that. And I, I, it kind of took away that fear of like losing free will when working with Mm -hmm. astrology. Like it helped me understand a lot that there's a spectrum and you can work with this along that spectrum. So it's not like you're going to just have this outcome. Mm. Definitely, definitely. And it's so interesting as as you guys are diving into like Sarah's experience. Yeah, for me, yours. You are really good at being versed in. Not that you're an astrology expert, but Sarah just really understands a lot about spirituality. Or you're very connected. I like energy. Yeah, you're very very connected. But for me, it's just like trying to wrap my head around how the planets, the everything, sad, all these things have so much effect and like are just a part of us is the thing that I just think is so fascinating. Mm. And I think a lot of people probably have a hard time to kind of like understand the impact of energy as us as a person. Do you know what I mean? Because like it control the moon controls the tides. Like everything I think obviously is like affecting each other. And I don't know. 
It's hard to even explain. I find astrology is really hard for me to even like wrap my head around sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> me too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I like when you say a language of energy because it makes sense yeah. to me that each of these planets would have an energy that they carry. And then that energy is, is mm-hmm. interacting with us as it, I don't know, interacts with our chart or something. Mm-hmm. I just know so many people that just kind of like, yeah. I don't know, don't don't believe in energy or mystical things or astrology. Mm-hmm. So I just find it when you actually think and stop and take time to learn from an expert like you or yourself, however you want to learn and realize how this is actually like a real thing and energy is really connected to us. I just find it so, so cool. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like, I wouldn't have believed any of this stuff if I wasn't like blown away by the accuracy in my own life. Mm. Like, I just can't even begin to like all of the dates of like some of the most intense transits I've had corresponded to like major things that have happened in my life. And I continue to be blown away. Like I'm always learning. Every astrologer will never learn it all, especially as they're continuing to, you know, um, translate these ancient texts for the first time, like into English. And we're discovering all these ancient techniques that like when I first studied astrology with Rebecca Gordon, I didn't learn about annual perfections and these other timing techniques because we didn't really, we hadn't rediscovered those yet. Right. And so now this is like taking the astrology community by storm. And until I experience a transit in my own life, I can't fully understand how it's really going to impact a client as well. Mm. Um, so this year is like the first year that I'm working closely with this perfections. It's another yeah, way of timing. Mean? So essentially, um, it's not the birth chart. It's not like a natal chart reading as much as it, it takes the natal chart. And we're looking at how um, major themes that will be unfolding in your life over time. Right. So every planet isn't activated at the same time. Um, there are different planets that might be traveling through the sky now, um, lining up with points in your birth chart. And that would be like a very significant thing that I would have always tracked. Right. I'm like, Oh, like Neptune in the sky right now is right on your sun. That's a pretty big, it's not, but <laughs> not, I just, I don't mean that's not your chart right now, but, but I'm like, that's a major transit, right? So always be looking at that. But for, with annual perfections, it's a way that you're, you're timing, um, each year of your life activates a different slice of your chart and the planet that rules that chart or that, that slice. So I know that's getting a little bit heady already, but to say this past year, Mercury was activated for me and the third and sixth houses. Now I wish there are certain things I wish I could share with you that are so juicy in my life right now. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll be able to tell you about later after okay. they, when I'm on the other side of them. But I like the date. So all of the Mercury stuff in my life this year has been, it's floored me. Like the an hour, 10 minutes after like Mars entered my third house, like boom, or like something pops that's just so specific to that particular area of my, like you're not grasping for straws, you know, right. or it's really wild. Um, and so, and that area, that planet rules the health and pet pets part of my chart this year. My cat just got diagnosed with diabetes. Like, oh. you know, it's just like weird. There's all this, there's like all this stuff. So anyway, I'm going on like a big tangent. Sorry, but I'm just like, I continue to learn about and and be amazed at how all this works. And so um, I wouldn't have, 
I wouldn't have just like instantly believed in astrology, but the more you watch, the more you're just like, wow, Mm. holy cow, you know? Um, And so I think where I was starting to go with this, um, Ashley, was that um, I think you'll be coming up on your next birthday, if I remember correctly, I think a 11th house perfection year. And that means the moon will be your ruler. Um, so you'll be feeling moon transits more like we all feel moon transits, but like full moons, new moons and eclipses would be more significant this year. And so, um, and if people just want to start playing around with, you know, let's see if they're skeptical and they just want to say, Oh, let me see if there's really anything to this. Just track the full moons and like, just notice when the full moons are and just see how you feel. Like hopefully good. Check it out. You know, Um, I do like the moon a lot, Rebecca. I've started noticing I like, uh, in new moons, I get so much work done. My energy is really high. And then around the full moon, I'm like, I don't want to get worked. It's like so hard for me to get projects done or for some reason, I don't know if that's normal for most people, but that's like where I am. So, Okay, you're telling me this, and I do remember this from our conversation, but how, so track how I feel, but how can I kind of like honor this thing that happens on my birthday? Like, is there something else I should be doing or just feeling, you know, how do you, how do you kind of get involved? Right. So not, it's not that anything is happening on your, but it's just on your birthday there's a new planet activated as being the more significant planet for that year. Right. So that's just becomes the, for you specifically, the moon um, becomes a stronger force in, in your next year, basically from the coming birthday to the next birthday. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, like this wasn't even, even though I believe in this stuff, I was like, haha, we'll see perfections if you're really a thing. And then after this year, I'm like, okay, okay. You're a thing. <laughs> okay, you're a thing. We know, Mercury, that you're a thing. So for you, it'll be the moon this year. So in terms of what you can actually do, um, there's like, you can Google, you know, and if you follow different astrologers and stuff, mm-hmm. you can see when the moon is full every four weeks, right? Or every 28 and a half days, the moon becomes full. It'll be full in a different, you know, a different sector of the chart, but you don't even need to worry about the ins and outs. Like, don't even worry about, is it a moon in Taurus or what is like, you can do that, but just be like, is the moon full? Like, when is the moon full? And so the day before the moon is full, the day the moon is full, and sometimes the day after, but it's usually like the strongest on the buildup. It's people feel more, much more sensitive. Um, If you're planning a party or an event, it's a great time to have it under a full moon because you get better attendance. There's so much energy. It's like uh, there's a lot. and, And new moons are like the moon is you can't even see the moon in the sky. So the energy is much lower. And so, um, you know, if you're a grounded person, sometimes people feel less energetic, but you might be able to focus better. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, you know, when I was teaching, I was teaching, uh, I used to teach music. So I was teaching at Berkeley college of music in the summers a couple of years back. And we'd have like these 9am classes. It's like all teenagers. And they're like, and I was teaching like music theory (laughs) and they're like, and then (laughs) it'd be like a full moon. They all come in, they'd be like bouncing off the walls. Right. And I'm like, you know, it's just, it's wild. You just ask any teachers, ask emergency room techs, like people that work at hospitals. You'll see. It's so interesting because yeah. one of my friends, she's a grade two teacher and she, she'll usually send me a Snapchat so and say like the kids are off the walls and she's very 
um, kind of connected to the moon and, and all the things. So she, she notices it. Yeah. Um, so does BK. She talks about that a lot. And it's really interesting even, I won't get into details, but the last full moon, there were like a lot of things that happened that day for both of us. Like a lot of things. Yes. Like good and bad. There was just what like. What was it? Oh, it was. We it, went for dinner. We went for dinner. It was also Victoria's birthday, one of my friends. But it was interesting. And I kept saying and I had just started my period in case everyone wants to know that. But that also is <laughs> me like and me too. synced up with the moon, like with the full moon. So Rebecca, mm. I always know when the full moon's coming because I just feel like a bit different at times. So it's interesting. You just feel your feelings more. Like mm, whatever the feelings, yes. like good, good, bad, like everything. It just, it, it heightens things, right? And and it illuminates. It's more light, right? It's like, and it's completely mm. opposite from the sun. So it's catching and reflecting all of that light at that time. Cool. So Thanks. there's a polarization as well, Um a push here and a pull there. Right. So, but it's, it's beautiful that you're starting to really notice and feel just like, and every full moon will feel different too, right? Mm -hmm. Like your life's different. There's all stuff going on and, but, and, and how the moon is aspected. How is it like, what conversations is the moon having with the other planets? (laughs) Are they getting along? Like, yeah, (laughs) it's really cool. Yeah. That's such a neat way to start approaching astrology. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I wanted to ask you, because I think you're kind of touching on this, like how you started to kind of believe in astrology was just by it proving to you over time. How did you even start learning about astrology? Yeah, I picked up a book when I was in high school. I don't even remember where it came from, but it had the basic archetypes because the signs are archetypes as well, not just the planets. So Aries, I'm a double Aries, which means my rising sign is Aries and my sun sign is Aries. Um, and you are a double Cancer, yes. Sarah. Are so you, you have the same rising and sun sign, which is just like an amplification of that energy. It's very pure. Just super Cancer. I'm not. I was <laughs> Cancer. Super I mean. Gemini. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of other st- like we all have other stuff going on. It's like not that there's no other depth or nuance, but no, it's a very so, accurate description of me. <laughs> yeah, so I was reading the 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 Aries keywords and I was like, "Oh my god." Oh my god. Like cuz I'm a kind of intense personality and when I was a little kid I really was, you know. Um like speak before I think like super passionate, super like intense, like a super bright, shiny, but like very sensitive, like a little bit of a temper, uh, super impatient, like, you know, loud, all like all of these qualities that I was kind of embarrassed about, but I was never really able to like reel them in. I was like, boy, I wish I could be like the calm, chill person or the cool person in the corner like never could. So I saw all these qualities listed out under Aries. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not a jerk. I'm just an Aries. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so cool. And so then I realized, you know, um, and it helped me to understand that this is sort of a natural energy that existed in me and that that was okay. And all of the positive ways that that could be used as well as some of the more negative manifestations, like Aries can be very self-centered um, doesn't mean they always are, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like, but it's the first sign of the Zodiac. It's like the development of the ego. So, um, if I'm looking at that, I can see the pitfalls and I can be, bring a little bit more awareness 
to them and how is this energy running in me? Like, am I, you know, how can I work this energy in the most positive ways that I can work it? And so I immediately, uh, that sort of validated it for me. And the more I looked into it, the more, um, you know, my moons in Leo, I was like, ah, that explains a lot too. (laughs) Right. Um, and so it started there and then basically just kind of moved forward into, um, cause I was a professional singer for, for my whole life until you really like just a few years ago. And then I started studying astrology very seriously before I stopped singing, I didn't ever plan to become an ast- a professional astrologer. I just was like, I'm going to study this and be an astrologer because I just love it. Like, I'll be an astrologer. I wasn't like trying to get clients or anything. So, um, yeah, basically, I started studying in 2015 with Rebecca Gordon, and I haven't stopped. Like, I'm still studying with people. And uh, all of the astrologers that I know that are seeing clients, they still study and do stuff for going mm. to conferences. And, like, we're just constantly taking in information. And so. what was it that shifted from you being a singer full-time to moving into astrology more? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I – well, here it's interesting. So um, around 20 – maybe 2012, 2013 – Um, I started to get some congestion in my sinuses and I thought that's weird. I've never had allergies before. And it just over a period of years, it just got worse and worse. And, um, I had like that classic Aries voice, a big, loud, like belter, big pop singer, like, ah, like just singing. And so I can't access that part of my voice in the same way anymore. Everything is swollen shut and, uh, I can still sing, but uh, how I made my living before and the type of music that I that I sang and how I was able to pay my bills, like I really can't hack that anymore. And so it was a mm-hmm. gradual transition. Um, but Aries are known for having uh, sinus issues. Aries really? governs the head. It's wild. Crazy. Like, and, you know, so th- I won't go into this. It's like a whole other tangent. But, yeah, there's a lot you can see medically with astrology as well. And I'm not a medical astrologer, but there are people that specialize in that. And so, you know, <laughs> when I moved know. to, yeah, when I moved to California in 2016, I didn't realize at the time that that was sort of that was really a demarcation for me of not being a singer anymore. Like I moved there. I was like, I'm going to clean. I got an operation on my sinuses. It didn't work and cleaned up my diet and all of this stuff. And I was, you know, working at a crystal store and studying astrology, like just, um, and doing a a few gigs here and there, but like really just like, I knew I was like, I can't, I can't hack this anymore. Like I don't, it's not going. So Mm -hmm. then I just kind of, um, went into full into everything that I was doing on the side. You know, I've been studying um, metaphysics and spirituality since I was about 18. Um, But that was not, it wasn't like a plan that I would be teaching it ever. Or, you know, I've had a Reiki attunement since I was 18. I'm I'm about to turn 39. So it's, I've been doing it for, for so long, you know? And Mm -hmm. so the gradual shift, once my, once my sinuses, um, got all clogged up and stole my, stole my <laughs> voice from me and which you would think I'd be like devastated. And of course, like I do have moments where I really mourn that because, you know, I loved it, but, and I still love it. It's been like this bizarre gift. 
It's Mm. been a really bizarre gift in a weird way. Like I'm a happier person. I had my whole identity was like wrapped up in that. I was a singer and that was all I was. It was the only thing I was good at. And like, I was, I was good enough at it that I didn't have to develop myself in other ways. Um, Mm. like I didn't have to, and that's really, it's, it's changed. It's changed me like to, to not have, to not be like, I have this to fall back on, or I know I'm always going to be, I know I'm accepted because I can hit the high note, you know? Mm-hmm. So now I don't, I don't have that. And I've had to, I've had to find out who I am without that gift. And, and that's been a gift. I like myself so much better now. I feel so much mm. more connected to other people. So that's like a piece of the other thing. And I can see the transits that I had at this time too. I wouldn't have known that they would impact me by like, um, oh, you won't, you're going to lose your voice during this transit. Like no one could have ever predicted mm. something like that. But they could say, you're not going to be the same person at the end of this transit. Right. <laughs> and And I wasn't. And so while that's been in some ways, very painful. It's been so liberating and such a gift. And so what might seem bad as a transit, it's like bad, good. Like that's a big question mark spiritually as well. So we have to stay open when we're looking at things like this and um, as neutral, I guess, or as, as really as open as we can and stay in possibility because we're always being transformed and we're always growing and uh yeah just what what else is possible Mm. that's like the biggest question love that I do love that and I think it's such a good reminder like you said just start watching and noticing some of these things like how you feel different in the moon and and see if it proves itself to you over time Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. This has been so lovely. Um, one final question for you, Rebecca. How can we start to incorporate astrology and, and use it as a tool and also in our daily lives? Like, where does it fit and how can we kind of incorporate it? I love that question. Um, I would track the moons. Um, okay. if, for everyone. Know, don't, yes, for everyone. Okay. For everyone first of all, whatever you're interested in, right? So if the thought of tracking the moons, you're instantly like, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't track. Well, the there's moon, moon diaries. Sarah um, actually gave me a moon diary a few years ago. Really? That's great. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can just notice, put a little reminder or follow somebody, follow a great astrologer, great astrologers. Like I don't do, um, I don't constantly update because like what the moons are, because so many people do. Annabelle Gatt is really good. Um, Also, Susan Miller, who's been around forever and ever and ever. She's got this great free app. She writes horoscopes, but she'll talk. You'll know what's going on with the moon at all times. And by the way, this is so important. You want to read your horoscope for your rising sign and your sun sign. This is just yes. because a good horoscope, even if you don't really resonate with all the horoscopes, um, a good horoscope will still have some information about, you know, um, like uh, Ashley, you are a, a Virgo, Virgo rising. Mm-hmm. So you're going to read for Virgo and Gemini and you're, it'll tell you for Virgo rising, this full moon is occurring in this sector of your life. Now, what they say about the moon might just be whatever words they're just saying, but you can still be like, oh, a full moon in Pisces is in my relationship sector. This is some sort of like energy here. And you'll just have to see where you're feeling it, but you can track 
track the moons, follow like a good, follow like Susan Miller or Annabelle Gatt or something. Um, Queen Jupiter astrology is really cool too. Um, these are all people that are like on Instagram and stuff. But the other thing that I would say to people to do, um, is Google, uh, well, if you get a reading, first of all, too, if you're interested in, then you'll really be able to see, um, but check out your, you know, your sun sign or your moon sign, if you know what that is and, um, Google the keywords of that archetype. So it's sort of the same idea. This is just for self-understanding. Like I'm an Aries, right? So Google Aries keywords. So should I, and then I be should like, do that just for see, both? Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, Google. Um, no, no, please. Yeah, so Google Gemini for you. Google Gemini keywords and know that that's like a part of your inner magic. Like you have, this is a part, this energy is a part of your birthright and you can use, like you are of this energy. There's a part of your consciousness that's of this energy, a major part of your consciousness that is. And so you can, you can, um, see what words resonate with you. And a lot of the time people will be like, wow, this really does seem to describe me. And just seeing it put in keywords is so simple, right? So it's like, um, for example, Aries can be like very inspired, very courageous, very passionate, very loyal. I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me. And then it's like, (laughs) can also be like super, like, like super feisty or fiery or like, you know, um, have a temper or like, and I'm like, yeah, like if I get, um, if I get upset, like I, I won't go cry. I'll like be angry first, you know, like, and so it can really help you to, get validation, first of all, over some of the ways that you just might be how you might respond in your life, and then figure out how you can um, just get clear on like, which parts of this energy do I want to do I want to embody? And which parts do I need to maybe mitigate even Mm -hmm. like, um, how can I bring more awareness to how this energy might not work really might not work well for me in my life. And, um, Sometimes people might have like uh, their sun in one sign, but all their other planets are in like a really, really different sign. So there are sometimes when people don't resonate very much with their sun sign, which is another reason why they're like, I don't believe in astrology. And it's like, okay, like you're a Pisces, but all your other planets are in Aries or like fire signs. You're going to maybe not be like, it's not going to be, it's not that straightforward, but to just start with the sun or the moon, if you know what those are, um, or the rising Mm -hmm. sign, but the sun, if we want to keep it the most simple for people and start to work with those keywords and then you can pick and choose them. Like they're like, that's your magic. You're like, I'm going to work this magic. Yes. This is my, this is my game. Like this is my, um, this is my gift. Right. And it's so interesting. And I'm happy when I did my reading with you that you kind of cleared up the difference because I used to always read the Taurus one because my I was kind of on that cusp of May right. 21st being Taurus. And I never resonated with anything um, kind of that that spoke to Taurus. So it's very interesting to know now I'm Virgo and Gemini. Yes. You know, you're full, full cancer. Yeah. I'm full cancer. You only have to read one horoscope. You're good. And I'm not reading any. And (laughs) Sarah pulled up some keywords here, which we don't have to read them all. But I'm just, I was laughing because some of those are so you. These are yours. Oh, those are yours? Those are the Gemini ones. Uh, Wow. Because it's like lively, like very. But here's mine. Yeah. I don't know. Mine is like cookery. 
which is, I love cooking. The sea, I basically try to live in the ocean. But some of these like are good and bad qualities. Intuitive, sympathetic, but all maternal, but also moody and like uh, uh-huh. brooding. Totally. Nurturing. You're very nurturing. I'm very nurturing. So I can see both sides Not of these. quiet. Quiet's on I don't, here. I don't, <laughs> you know what? But you meditate well, a lot. So maybe that's kind of like having I quiet. I am quiet time. when I'm alone. It's socially, I'm not quiet. But like, I need well, to. Well, everyone's quiet when they're alone, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'll, like, if people want to come over, I'll be like, no. <laughs> I need quiet time. Anyways, click click back on mine as, this we, is as we continue our conversation. I'm just going to peruse these because I think it's very funny. Point out as well, right? Because you have planets in other signs, right? So Ashley, um, you have an amazing Venus in Taurus. So it's not that you don't have any Taurus energy. Um, so, but you do have a lot, you're extremely strong Gemini, um, vibes, but you do have one planet in Taurus, Venus, and she is exalted there. And she's, she's, or she's dignified there. She's it's, you do have some strong Taurus energy. And then Sarah, you have Venus and Gemini. So when you were like, those are your keywords or those are my keywords. It's like, it's not that, you know, you're a cancer, you have a planet in Gemini, you might have like some Gemini energy you can tap. Right. So it just, it gets, it Who gets knows? this is where you need a column, call in a pro. We are. <laughs> I know. We and just, we have, uh, we are. And I, I opened my, the PDF you sent me for everyone listening. When you work with um, Rebecca at sacred starlight, you give the most like in-depth report that, um, I'll say it as if you're not here, but she sends to you and it's like (laughs) so beautiful and well done. And I haven't, it was only a few weeks ago that we did our reading, but now I'm kind of excited to, it sunk in a bit to go back and revisit and kind of re, re, uh, read and kind of think more about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much information. I needed a pause for a few days and then I've since gone back like you, Ashley, and been like, okay, what are the key dates? Like, what are some of the big themes? And even just how to reflect on things which we're is big cool. fans we are big fans Re- I, I have one thing i want to know oh, yeah go ahead because some things <laughs> i think that we had some overlap in things in, things in that a were good similar. way yeah and is that true kind of that some people are or how does that happen yeah what does that mean or is that just normal for people to have some overlap like overlap in themes or in overlap. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about, well, first of all, the first thing that strikes me about overlap with between your charts is that you both have, um, crosses, right? So, um, in that you have like in the Zodiac, I guess I'm trying to describe it so that people can see it. There are 12 slices of pie. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so you can actually have like, um, planets that are opposite each other. Right. And that creates a certain tension. It's not bad. Right. It's just, it's juicy. Okay. Um, there we go. Right. And so you can have, uh, what's called a cross, like a planet at the top, the bottom, the left and the right. And those are all sort of pushing on each other in, in sort of super juicy, uh, ways that are like, might have a slight edge. Right. And so, yeah, you have a mutable cross in your chart uh, Ashley and Sarah, you have a cardinal cross. And so those are just like different qualities of energy, but the, the parts of your lives that were, that are sort of activated and pushing on each other, um, are, are the same. I was like, Oh, wow. They both have that cross. And I have a cross in my chart as well, but not every chart is like, so I know that the three of us sitting here, we Mm -hmm. all have 
across, but not everybody does. Like some people, it's like the whole upper right quadrant, all their stuff's there or like, Interesting. you know, um, and plus, so, um, Ashley, you're, you have a lot of Gemini energy, right? You have the sun. I'm just remembering, I think the sun and Mercury there, right? So Sarah, you have Venus and Gemini. So you also have some a planet there that you can use to, so there's just multiple themes throughout the chart, um, that, that get echoed in different places. Um, I, I mean, it's kind of a hard to explain no. completely really in the most simple way, but I think this is so good because it really shows the value of working with an astrologer like you. Like I know none, like I knew nothing about the planets, how they interact, if they're in different houses. And I still don't really, but it was nice to be able to have a session with you and have you explain it to me in a way that at least I know what's relevant for me. Exactly. And I think that's just such a, such a value of working with an astrologer and we highly recommend you. (laughs) We love working with you and Kayla Short love working with you. Where can people find you online, Rebecca? Um, you can find me at sacredstarlight.com. And uh, I'm on Instagram a lot as well. So that's sacred underscore starlight. We love that. Yeah. We have two things left to do before we wrap. We do. We want to know what's lighting you up right now, Rebecca. Ooh, what's lighting me up right now? Um always astrology. I'm still studying it, but right now I'm also, um, sort of on a, I'm back on a little bit of a quantum kick. So I I go in and out of things, right. I'll binge on something and then circle back to it. Um, so I'm really a huge fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and, uh, Nassim Harriman, who's a Canadian, um, physicist and he's pretty controversial in the physics community actually, but they are catching up to some of the stuff that he's now there's a lot of like physicists in, in the mainstream science world that are starting to say things that he's been saying for a really long time mm-hmm. he's in california but he's totally like a he's from quebec he's so cool so um these are people this has nothing to do with astrology mm-hmm. but it it um to me it all kind of layers in because i see there's a higher divine cosmic order to things um and I trust that very deeply because of certain experiences. I've, I used to not believe in God even for like the really longest time in my life. And so I've had certain experiences in my life where I know there's something more for me. Mm-hmm. And I love to learn about the ins and outs of like, how do we try to understand that? Like, how can we know? I just want to know. I don't like not knowing. Right. But I, I have to also, I've finally reached a place where I accept that I cannot and will not ever know it all. But these two people, um, are doing such amazing, amazing work in terms of Nassim Haramein basically just kind of helps you understand there is something greater. He, I can't explain, I will fail so miserably if I try to <laughs> anything he does, but he it can explain infinity in a way that you'll be like, Oh, I totally get that. And he can show you that he's got equations for it. And it's, it's really, and he's funny. He's totally a comedian. Too. What's his so name you'll enjoy listening. Nassim. And I know that sounds like I'm saying it wrong, but that's how no. he says it. N A S S I M Harriman. Okay. Which is H-A-R-A-M-E-I-N. So he, if you're like really wanting to just understand the workings of the universe and that there is something greater and there is a higher 
energetic cosmic order to things, check him out. Mm. And then Dr. Joe Dispenza, which is, um, have you, either of you heard of him? Yeah, I have. I haven't. He's all about how to change your energy. And it's the, it's a very metaphysical concept, but it's not unlike the idea of the secret of the law of attraction. It's much deeper than that, but that everything is energy that in the metaphysical world, like attracts like. So what we are being and whatever we're vibrating at, wherever our our feeling state is, is what is um, being mirrored back to us is the the, Mm. um, basic law of attraction. But he's always like, so if you change your own energy, Mm -hmm. everything else starts to change in your life. And so I always work with these, I work with astrology and I work like, I'm like, okay, these are my transits. Now my butt's on my meditation cushion. I have to change my energy so that this will unfold in the highest and best way that it can unfold. It's we're always, the universe is always interacting with us. It's a relationship. It's a conversation, you know? And so, um, Dr. Joe's work, there's a lot of people that have experienced like pretty amazing, uh, physical healing, which sounds crazy to say, but he's, he brings in like a team of scientists and they measure it. Like he's got electrodes hooked up to people's brains while they're meditating and he's tracking, he's got the medical scans of people that are healing, but it's not all just about physical healing. It's really just about getting yourself into a better state and, and witnessing like our power to change our energy and change our lives. So anyway, that's a long answer to a short question, but that's a whole other conversation, but check out Dr. Joe Dispenza, who hates astrology, by the way, <laughs> not a fan of astrology at all. Um, check him out. Those yeah. are great recommendations. We might have to have a follow-up conversation in the future. Yeah. We, we'll have more questions <laughs> after learning more. For sure. For sure. <laughs> about this. Yeah. All very right. Very fun rabbit holes to go down. Last <laughs> but not least, we're going to play a round of Queenie Grams, and this is a game that we've made up. It is very easy, Rebecca. <laughs> All you do is pick a number between one and a hundred and we're going to ask you a question and then Ashley's going to go and I'm going to go. Okay. So you go ahead. Tell us what number you'd like. Uh, between one and a hundred? A hundred and one actually. <laughs> oh, 77. Ooh. Did somebody pick 77 recently? I feel like they did. I love yeah, this though. they did. What fad or trend do you hope comes back? Big hair. Oh, I love big hair. What a great answer. <laughs> From the 80s. That was, you had that, you, that was a quick answer. Locked and loaded. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I was talking about it with my neighbor last night. I was like, I need like teased bangs to come back or something. I have big ears, so it helps oh. when like the volume is like, you know. I'm Sarah is a huge fan. Your hair is not very big today. <laughs> no, it's straight, but normally it's, it's curly. In the summer, it's just like two feet wide. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, big hair. I love that. Ash, is there anything you want to throw in here? Any fad you hope comes back? Well, we had this conversation not long ago. I don't really know. There's definitely fads that I don't want to come back. There's one I'm into, and it has come back. I like the butterfly clips for holding my hair half back. That's kind of in. Scrunchies, same thing. There we go. We we done. We love that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right, Ash, pick a number for me. Um, ninety. Nine. Ninety-nine. Ooh, I love this one. If you could be paid to endorse a product, what would it be? Rebecca, we're going to ask you this too, so. <laughs> um, I'm going to, this week I want to say, I can't go away. The first one that comes into my <laughs> mind is always Perrier. 
because I love Perrier <laughs> so much. And I'm just going to keep putting that out there in the world that Perrier, we will please find Ashley partner in life. I just love it. And I just wish I, I could have a, like a nonstop supply. You want a Perrier tap in your kitchen. Maybe sage too. That might be fitting for this podcast as well Ooh. because I love essential oils. I love theirs specifically. What about you, Sarah? What do I want to be paid to endorse? I'm feeling like a car right now. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm really, so actually, Jags are like my symbol when I'm like, I need like a sign. That's like a thing. So you want a Jaguar? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd love to be paid nice. to endorse Jaguars. I've never even driven one. I don't know if I'd like it. Or what if it's color? given to you, you'll like it. What color? Yeah, um, I always have it. I always have white cars. Oh, I, I love you're white say cars. Green, because they do make a really oh, nice. I do really, love really, green. really dark green Jag. If I didn't get white, I would get green. But I always drive white cars. I don't know why. Just the luck of the draw. How about you, Rebecca? What would you like to endorse, or what would you like what to be paid I, to endorse? Man, you know what? I would love to be paid to endorse Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats. I'm like, <laughs> just send me to the on the retreats. Because um, they're expensive, right? Um, send me on the retreats and I'll just tell everybody because I already do that anyway. I'm like, everybody check it out. Yeah. I love it. It could be something in your future. <laughs> yes, I'm calling that in. I'm calling it in. All right, Sarah, <laughs> your turn. My last. Okay, I'm going last. I'm going to pick 82. Who is the all-time best boy band? Ooh. And oh, I had someone, because I always say Backstreet Boys, and that's not my answer, because I thought of someone recently that I was like, oh, I love this boy band so much and more. Sync? No. I don't know. Oh, heavens. I can't think of it. Do you, what's yours? I would say Backstreet Boys. And it's because I do, on occasion, when I'm working, I listen to a lot of music. <gasps> and I start to listen to a lot of, like, eight, or 80s, not 80s, 90s and, uh, like, thousand. What do we call it? Like, is that what they called it? First 10 years of the 2000s? Oh, the thousands? Is I don't that know. How you say it? I don't know. The double zeros? <laughs> the 2000s, I think. Yeah, the oh, 2000s, yeah, thank you. I, I had, like, a I brain. I think it is, yeah. But I do love some of the old Backstreet Boy songs. Did it come back to you, Sarah? No, I'm just like creeping. Oh, oh what so about you, Rebecca? Is there one that I have oh. to say Jackson Five though? I was oh, thinking yeah. Jackson Classic. Five. I, ha- I have to. MJ. Yeah, yeah. I know. I do really like Jackson Five. Hanson, Sarah. Oh, I loved Hanson <laughs> when I was a young girl. Gosh, they gosh, what? God, they heavens, were good. You can swear. I know. I don't know why I said <laughs> heavens, goodness, and gosh today. <laughs> I'm going through something, evidently. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to go Jackson 5 as well because I, I do love them. They've got some, some boys good to jams. Mend. Yeah, Boys to Men. They're good too. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I do really like Boys End to Men. Road. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, we're going to have to dive into a boy band boy band playlist right after we're done this podcast and hopefully <laughs> her mind will be triggered. Well, this has been such a beautiful conversation and we've learned so much from working with you and talking with you and and i just love it i think if anyone's curious or wants to learn more they should reach out totally thank you so much for coming on with us rebecca thank you so much for having me i really loved talking to you guys i loved reading for you guys it was an honor and i love your show so maybe we can chat again sometime on my podcast or whatever but yeah we love that thank you Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review. You can chat with us on social media at Rival and Queen. We love to hear from you.